0: Scott Jackson show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. My pleasure right now to bring in my old radio partner from the Score thirteen ten days. He is a Virginia Sports Hall of Famer. Twenty nine years as a sports writer, the Virginia Pilot covering the Washington Redskins mainly, and he is the one and only Jim Deuceabella with us via the Bally Who's Guest Line. Deuce, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing wonderful, Scott. Good to talk to you, and thanks for having me on.
0: I appreciate it. I was thinking about you as all these commander moves are being made and all the years and the different coaching things you saw in your time. Just want to get your thoughts on you know the move to, to first of all, get a real – general manager in here for the first time in a real long time, and then the moves they have made since then with the hiring of one Dan Quinn, but how that all came about. What what did you think of how Josh Harris and this new group uh, and the handling of this first huge set of moves that they have put uh, on paper here uh, in the last few weeks?
1: Well, here's the distinction I think people need to make. They wanted Adam Peters, and they were clear in their mind that this was the number one guy, and they quote-unquote had to have him. And they went out and they did exactly what they needed to do to bring him in the fold. They did not have that same mindset with the coach. And I know everybody, uh, some media people and mostly fans, let's get Ben Johnson, you know, the new shiny bobble in the the league. And they never thought he was a must-have kind of guy. And I believe that the more they talked to people and the more they interviewed Quinn and heard what other players and other executives around the league were saying about him, they came to the conclusion that given their circumstances, this was the right guy to have in the job. The number one thing that he supposedly does better than almost any of the coaches is to unify teams, to give them a common goal, and to allow them to focus on that with him at the head. And I'm not sure that's happened in this, for, in this franchise for quite a while. Also, they've hired two relatively young coordinators, and they just added another guy today, Brian Johnson. From the Eagles, who's I think is thirty six or thirty seven, and he's gradually building the kind of staff that will give them some continuity. Let's say, for example, that um, that uh, oh gosh, having a brain issue here. The new the new offensive coordinator.
0: Oh, Cliff Kingsbury.
1: Kingsbury, yeah, Uh, that he does well enough this year to go back into the head coaching pool well now they've got a guy in brian johnson who's interviewed for offensive coordinator jobs and he can slide in and ostensibly they would run the same uh attack with maybe some small variations so i like the move it's not sexy but i really like the move and the more i listen to this guy and how he talks he's a very inspirational guy and i think he gives them an opportunity to have one cohesive unit heading in in one particular goal
0: well, as you know, because you, you cover the team then, I mean, I always referred back to North Turner when everybody was pumping up this Ben Johnson guy. And I was like, hey, that's fine. I like his plays too. I like his offense, but he's not bringing the entire unit from Detroit with him if he were to get the head coaching job. And can he coach the whole 53? And that's what we found out with North Turner, as great as his play calling was and his offense could be at times, he never really was the guy who, who really inspired the entire roster in the locker room.
1: That's exactly right. And I'm not sure Ron did either, to be no, honest. No, he didn't. You know, Ron had the cancer, and that was a unifying factor uh, a couple years ago. But I'm not sure, you know, the whole thing when they started complaining about the enemy being too tough on them, and they didn't go to the enemy, they went to him. That told me there was some a serious fissure on this team.
0: No doubt. Um, this week, of course, the Hall of Fame announcements come down. Uh, Devin Hester, you know, is among the group in the. Uh, the names that were uh, released today, and certainly deserving. I mean, but I always go back to whose records did he break, and where, where's that guy right now? And of course, I you know he's <laughs> doing DC Radio because I used to work with him, Brian Mitchell, who is the second all-time all-purpose yards leader behind a guy named Jerry Rice, who's you know, and he's still not getting a sniff of the Hall of Fame. I mean, you've seen this with, with Washington Redskins players of the past. There's a bunch of them. Joe Jacoby comes to mind. Certainly Gary Clark. You, you brought up another one to me, and Larry Brown as well. Before we got on here, I mean, so there are there are a host of them that are kind of sitting in the hopper here, and it doesn't seem like a lot of uh, motion uh, in, in their favor is, is going on right now.
1: Some of these things don't make any sense. Now, I was, I'm old enough to remember watching Chris, Chris Hamburger play from the stands, not from the press box. He's in the Hall of Fame, and he was a very, very, very good player. But I defy you to put up his credentials against the Larry Brown, if you can do that, and say that one belongs in and one belongs out. And um, like I said, we've, I've seen the um, presentations that certain members of the media have made to the committee on behalf of Joe and on behalf of Larry Brown, and they're wonderful, and I don't, for the life of me, other than some personal prejudices, I, for the life of me, cannot figure out how either one of those guys isn't in Canton.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Jim Dusabel is here with us, a longtime uh, Washington Redskins beat reporter for the Virginia Pilot, uh, Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, also best-selling author, King of Clubs. Uh, You can find it where you find all better books as well. Um, You know this as well from, from covering the teams with Joe Gibbs. I mean, the Hogs is the most famous offensive line in the history of offensive lines, and yet they have one guy in, and that's Russ Grimm, and nothing against Russ. But, you know, Joe Jacoby had similar credentials and a longer career.
1: I could see uh, Bostick not being in, very good player, but not Hall-worthy. Another guy that I think uh, is on the outside looking in but maybe should cross the line is Jim Lachey, who came in and and was a great player with the Raiders and did a really fine job on the Hogs uh, solidifying that. So they've got at least three guys that should be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm like you. I can only hope that with the change of ownership, maybe better presentations made to the to the uh, committee that those guys will get their just due. I'm skeptical, but I can hope.
0: Yeah, me as well. Um, you, you, I'm sure you've getting a kick out of this as I am, and you covered a lot of Super Bowls in a lot of different cities. Did you ever think we'd be sitting here uh, getting ready a few days away from a Super Bowl in Las Vegas, of all places, where, of course, they have an NFL franchise, and uh, the NFL has this wonderful relationship now with gambling after pretending they didn't for many, many decades?
1: Well, the first thought that entered my mind is that Paul Horning and Alex Karras are literally standing up in their graves wondering <laughs> what happened, what <laughs> took you so long to do this. For those of you who are under 40, they both were suspended from the league for gambling years ago. Uh, but, you know, the NFL has long been known to just pander to do anything to grab whatever cash, whatever money they can. The whole streaming thing uh, with the playoff game a couple weeks ago, uh, irritated me to the point where I wouldn't give them $6, just on principle. <laughs> I'm uh, with you. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that they keep walking down that road, and I really honestly think they're going to lose viewership as opposed to growing it, and uh, I think they're going to have to reconsider um, that that procedure. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's totally ironic that uh, all the time that they have railed against gambling, they now have not only embraced it, they're promoting it, and... Uh, it won't be long before there are betting parlors in every stadium.
0: Yeah, uh, well, there's some already. I mean, the FedEx Field has one right now. And uh, oh, do
1: they? See, I didn't even. Yeah.
0: Know that. Oh, yeah. Just opened this year. And you got, um, of course, in you know, uh, you know, Capital One Arena, they have one. You know, Nats Park has one. You know, that's just in the D.C. area. I mean, I'm sure around the country, you, you got other places and other examples too. But yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy uh, how different it is these days with with the betting world. Um, so it
1: opens that whole can of worms with. Uh, how do you how do you police that? Sure. How do you know that the second that the second string center fielder for the Nationals isn't placing bets either on his own team or worse on the opposite team? You, they have no—I don't think they have any way of really significantly police that, and you you may get away with it for umpteen years before they catch up to you. I'll uh Pete Rose.
0: Well, the one good thing we have seen the you know, the guys that are. St- you know, I should say stupid enough uh, to to sign up the accounts on their own and use their own accounts and bet. They're the ones who keep getting flagged, uh, as we've had in the NFL and certainly the uh, the baseball coach at Alabama who had his buddy going in and making these very strange college baseball bets uh, in the casino. Like that wasn't going to get noticed, but that is the one good thing about legalized betting. They do raise the red flag on some of these strange, you know, movements and strange bets. So I guess that is the big positive to all this stuff. Uh, I want to get your your prediction on this one. Do you, know, you have a rooting interest, uh, Chiefs or the uh, 49ers, and who do you like and why this weekend?
1: Well, here is my unofficial, unprofessional opinion. Last year I studied the Eagles defensive line, which had 70 sacks, versus the Kansas City offensive line, which was good, but had a particular weakness at tackle is Andrew Wiley. That name <laughs> ought to sound familiar. Yeah, right instead, and Wiley was going up against Hassan Riddick, and I figured, okay, Kansas City's line is not going to be able to hold up uh, against the Eagles' rush. They're going to do enough pressure on Mahomes that I picked Philadelphia to win. That was wrong. This year, I'm looking at Kansas City's receivers, who I think are very ordinary, with the notable exception of Kelsey. Also, the Kansas City line has had streaks during the season where they were very, very vulnerable, so the logic tells me San Francisco except Kansas City's got Mahomes who I think is a very worthy successor to Montana Manning Bradshaw not Brady but they also got Andy Reid and you give him two weeks to draw up a game plan and I think they find a way to win again so I'm picking Kansas City 27 the 49ers 20 even though San Fran's three and a half point favorites
0: I like it all right yeah it's hard to bet against Mahomes I did it one time earlier in the playoffs and uh, I had That's a, why you're still working. That's right and I had to exactly where the 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 shame the shame of that for 2 weeks <laughs> till I jump back on the Chiefs bandwagon against the Ravens and have stayed on it for now. Until they lose again, of course. All right. Well, Jim, it's great talking to you, Uh, as always. Jim Dusabella, uh, formerly here, the score, 13-10 back in the day. It's his fault that I got into radio and stayed in radio. Uh, 29 years of the Virginia Pilot as the Washington Redskins beat reporter as well and best-selling author, uh, the King of Clubs, and, of course, Virginia Sports Hall of Famer. Uh, Good talking to you. We will definitely do this again soon. Appreciate it.
1: You you too, Scott. Take care. All
0: right. Thank you. Jim Dusabella with us via the Ballyhoo's guest line here. Scott Jackson, show priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. From the battlefield to the beach, the Scott Jackson Show with James Witham on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. And we are brought to you by Larry King Laws. The Super Tailgate Tour continues today here at Ballyhoo's in Virginia Beach. Thanks to Jim Dusabella for uh, giving us some time uh the big game is going to be a big bash here at ballyhoo's don't miss the sixth annual super sunday big game party ballyhoo's is all your football favorites on the tailgate menu plus 12 dollars buckets of your favorite beers five dollar crushes to celebrate the big game uh get there early and pick a square off the big board to win great prizes and do not miss the halftime wing eating contest for cash and prizes always a fan favorite festivities start at four o'clock on super Sunday. See you here at Ballyhoos. So uh, we're here till 7. Come on out see us. If you're in the area, we'd love to say hello. Uh, and we've got tickets to give away for some events if you're interested. Aureo Speedwagon Train if you come on out here and Australian Pink Floyd while supplies last. Uh, big game bets, by the way, uh, brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. Visit highnoonspirits.com uh, to find the one nearest you. I don't know if this is a big game bet or not, but Tyler says a late hot take submission. Super Bowl comes down to one play. Chase Young has the opportunity to make a game-winning tackle, but unfortunately chose to uh, take that play uh, a literal nap on the field. So Chiefs win. I don't know if you can bet that or not, Tyler, but I think that's fascinating. I like that. Oh, um, boy. That's good. Uh, from the 804, he said, After the Super Bowl teams were set, I asked you if the 49ers had a chance. And you replied, oh, yeah. I wonder if you're coming around to my point of view. I understand that if you're in a game, you have a chance, and I'm rooting my heart and soul for San Francisco, but, man, it's hard to see past Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, and a great running back and a great D. No doubt. I mean, I, I mean I picked the picking, I don't that we officially pick games. I mean, I feel like I've told everybody all week for two weeks that I, I like I think we have been Chiefs. like official official, but Yeah, I mean I like the Chiefs, especially getting points, but Yeah, I mean I mean but yeah, are the 49ers capable of beating them? Absolutely. I mean, they they are as talented, if not more talented in a lot of areas. Uh, They haven't played up to it on defense, though. That's the thing that that concerns you in this offense with these Mm -hmm. slow starts. You know, as Brandon Lang, who is a real professional handicapper, told us last hour, I mean, it's very rare to see a team play as poorly as the 49ers have going into the Super Bowl in terms of not being able to cover as a one seed. You haven't seen it since the 07 Patriots. And, of course, we know what happened to them when they got to the Super Bowl. Uh Uh-huh. So, so, um, very uh, good point there. That is – that's kind of who the, how they've trended. They have not been trending in the right direction. Their, their defense has been really disappointing, and their offense has gotten off any slow starts. I don't, I don't think you can afford to dig a hole against Kansas City and expect to come back and, you know, win the football game. But that's kind of the way they've been playing. They've been putting their hand on the hot stove, on the hot burner, uh-huh. throughout these, post, these postseason games. All right. So earlier I mentioned to you that I heard a, uh, heard a story heard a story that Usher was going to be longer than um, the, the usual halftime shows in terms of his set. You know, what we've seen in the last few years is all this stuff going on. So I, you know, I don't know if, his, if he's got enough material for that, but okay, we'll see. Let's do extended versions. But what I'm wondering is um, from our fans out there at uh, on the text line or on the Ballyhoo's phone line at 757-687-9494, is like your favorite all-time halftime shows. Do you have a favorite all-time halftime shows? And I know we'll get a lot. Out. I really like that Janet Jackson one, uh, is because we got those the other day, right? Because we got uh-huh. those. We were doing one-hit wonders with an H, but we were getting other, you know, submissions, if you will, right? <laughs> anyway. So, favorite halftime shows, and I was thinking about it the other day. I, I, I often have referred to the Bruno Mars halftime was one of the best. Yeah, because the game sucked, but that was that was great in the freezing cold, and thought that was really good. Um, certainly, I think um, you know you two and one of our texters brings them up. I mean, Tom Petty really had a good one. Many, many. You want to go way back uh, in time? It feels like at this point. Uh, as well. I thought the L.A. show with Dr. Dre and the host of everyone, right? That like, was really well good. That was really well done. Yeah. Uh, a few seasons ago as well. I didn't like last year's as much. I don't think uh, no. wasn't didn't quite strike me as uh, some of the other ones we've seen. The Katy Perry one was very strange with that weird shark. I liked it. That was fun. <laughs> that was strange. Um yeah, I mean some are more memorable than others for sure. And yes, Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake will always be up there. But uh, have at it seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. But I, I would have to say Prince, "Purple Rain" in the rain in Miami was pretty high level. That was the one
2: with the uh, very interesting shadow as the well. the phallic symbol. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: At the end, th- no question, that's what that was. But that was in Miami. That was the uh, Colts Super Bowl win over the uh, over the Bears. Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl W. And, yes, that was definitely what you think it was.
2: I'll take it back further than that. Okay. What about Michael Jackson?
0: Yeah, that was pretty damn good, too. That was awesome.
2: I mean, that was a while ago, but that was, that was I think it was 93, was it? 93? That might be. That might be. But, yeah, that, that one was really good.
0: I could, you know, I couldn't tell you who some of these other years are. When you go even further back, it's hard to, to kind of remember all of them. But, you know, those are the ones that kind of jump out to me. And, you know, we're seeing some here already. Yes, Prince for sure, Um, Prince in the rain, Colts fan, yeah. Well, I mean, and that makes it memorable, too. Yep. Um, You know, I was wondering why Prince, they didn't have him do the one in in Minnesota, or any of the Minnesota, the Minnesota one, well, the first one was the 91 Redskins in the Bills. You know, why wouldn't they have done that? doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, obviously, the last time they had uh, the Super Bowl was 2017 in Minnesota, right? was it 2017-2018 When the Eagles, that was Philly special. I believe Prince at that point was deceased, right? Was he gone by then?
2: Eh, It seems about right. I
0: feel like he was, or he was kind of out of it, like out of the business at that point. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't working per se, yeah, because he had died in 2016. Yeah, yeah, he was he was long gone. Because I remember we were talking about going over to Paisley Park for they were doing tours, but it was like crazy, like the way I mean, like you're like better off. You had a better chance of getting Super Bowl tickets on the 50 yard line at that point, (laughs) because that's what everybody was doing that week. Yeah. Um Stephen Weisberg says I'm biased. They're one of my favorite bands too, but my favorite halftime show was U2. It was right after the 9/11 tragedy and they had a, a the screen where all the people uh who were there were were um who were up there were killed. It was an incredible moving moment. Yeah, yeah and that, was that was the was Patriots good one. uh that was the Patriots RAM Super Bowl. The greatest show on turf and you might remember how insane the security level of that Super Bowl was. Yeah, stuff for good reason, about. yeah. Steve also throws Prince in there um, for good measure as well. He also has a hot take. How many times will Chase Young whiff on sacks on Patrick Mahomes? That feels like an over-under or a drinking game or one or the yeah, other. Yeah,
2: that feels like you might want to take the over <laughs> on whatever that number is.
0: Yeah, I think that, in, like, will he even break free. I mean, the way he's been playing lately <laughs> is the other question you've got to have yourself. Um, <laughs> Rich in Hampton says, I like when Janet Jackson's – yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, that was – and you know the thing about that event um, – <laughs> <laughs> was that was right around the time TiVo was invented, and yes, people were at TiVo players. And I do remember a gentleman telling me that he was at a Super Bowl party, and they were watching. You know, they had the kids downstairs and the adults upstairs, and the adults what kind of ended up being the guys in one room were watching it, and the kids and the wives were downstairs watching it. And the, what they didn't know or didn't think about, I should say was their TiVo was connected to both televisions. <laughs> so when the guys thought it'd be a good idea to rewind uh. and get replay of halftime over and over again, they've heard some screams and yells from some of the wives and um, adult women downstairs well, about, well, what well. are you doing up there, you weirdos? Anyway, so there you go. Uh, that was uh, that was quite, look, that's one of those events you'll, you'll probably remember for a while. Um, <laughs> Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. I think Steve says that whiffs will be two. That's the over under is going to be two on Chase Young there. A couple of years ago, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Fifty Cent, also Prince. Yes, that was the um, the Fifty Cent. You know, well, it wasn't Prince in that show, obviously, because Prince was long gone. But yes, the L. A. show. That was the L. A. Super Bowl. That yeah, was pretty big. That time. was amazing. Um, that was, and they won a bunch of awards for that show because I mean it was crazy to get that much talent in there. I think they had a making of it. On Showtime a couple year or year ago, I watched it. It was really interesting, and and to me, it was interesting because actually, I know the guy who is a producer. His name's well, his name's James Walker. He's from uh, he's from my he went to my high school. Year older, two years older than me, I guess. Jesse Collins Productions, and he's done a bunch of them. And I'm I'm assuming he's doing this year as well. I think he was hired to do a bunch of them. There you go. Uh, But anyway, yes, and I got a chance to talk to him about all that stuff, and it's it's pretty crazy the amount of work that goes into it and how they drill the thing. I mean, it, it is, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing how they drill, and like how much practice is involved with all that. And to get that many people, that star power, to kind of buy in to do it is, uh, is pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, I, I don't doubt how much of a production that it is, especially when you've got that many people involved.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. But he <coughs> has become like the go-to producer for the Grammys and Emmys and somehow doing them both at the same time, which wow. is uh, nuts. Yeah. So, you know, I knew a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could use that as like I was in the same room with him. You know, I was like one of these guys. I could be one of those guys.
2: It seems like the the the, the rumors are starting to circulate that the guests for Usher are going to be Ludacris and Lil' John.
0: Okay, I could see that. That
2: seems like the ones that yeah. are the most likely.
0: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. <laughs> uh, 757-687-9494, 757 687 uh, you can hit us up there um, via the text line or the Ballyhoo's phone line. Your favorite all-time half times, if you got them, and you want to go marching band Super Bowl one, feel free to do so. <laughs> I don't know who the bands <laughs> were to be honest with that time, at that time. But I'm, I'm sure as long so as it
2: wasn't Stanford and Cal, yeah, ready.
0: as long as it wasn't. Although sta- that was pretty memorable. Let's be honest, Stanford that and Cal, Cal was pretty dang memorable. When you really, really, f- was it Grambling? Wow, there you go. All right, look at Richie just pulling that out of, of thin air. Of course,
2: Richie knows.
0: From downtown, Somerville. From downtown, that's a good one. I've got it open on Wikipedia, so Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> whatever, whatever. We're it gonna works.
2: let you have that one. I was
0: gonna let you have it. I would have been fine with that. I mean, I was too lazy to just Google my, you know, fingertips here. All right, uh, our poll question is still rolling too. If you got uh, thoughts on what you're most excited about, are you just traditional, right? The game. I mean, I guess you could be, but maybe you hate both of these teams. Maybe you're more excited about the foods, the alcohol, the commercials. Seven five seven. 687 uh, 94 is the text line and the Ballyhoose phone line. And again, at Jackson Sports on the X, if you want to go to the poll, which right now is at 79.7% of you like the game, then the commercials are second, and food uh, running third, a distant third at this point. Uh, brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings. All right, coming up, we'll get to uh, some more NFL item scores tonight. The award shows. Who do we think are going to take home the big awards at the NFL? His most celebrated night on the red carpet. We'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Laws. The Super Tailgate Show continues in the tour from Ballyhoo's here in Virginia Beach. James Witham's got your sports center. You are listening to the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Laws. He presents the... Super tailgate tour as we are here at Ballyhoo's. Come join us. 2865 Linhaven Drive, the location. Big game's going to be a big bash here at Ballyhoo's. Do not miss out the sixth annual Super Sunday big game party. Ballyhoo's is all your football favorites on the tailgate menu, plus $12 buckets of your favorite beers, $5 crushes to celebrate as well. The big game, get there early and pick up uh, square off the board to win great prizes, and don't miss the halftime winging and competition for cash and prizes. Always a fan favorite here at Ballyhoo's. Festivities start at 4 o'clock on Super Sunday. See you at Ballyhoo's. All right, we're here till 7. If you want to come on by and see us? We still have some tickets to give away uh, to train and REO Speedwagon, as well as Australian Pink Floyd. So I just can't make myself do it. I just keep stopping every time. You're um, going to do it before know, the week's so over. I know, I am. Tomorrow's going to be the day. Somebody, uh, Frank in Virginia Beach, just asked me on the, uh, on the text machine at 757-687-9494 uh, that they need to bring a rock and roll show back to the Super Bowl. Why not bring back Creed? <laughs> um, I wow. told him they're actually saving Creed for Kirk Cousins to get in the Super Bowl. Because, <laughs> as you know, Kirk is a big Creed guy. And um, much to the chagrin of his teammates, he used to, when it was his day in the weight room, um, he used to play Creed uh, in the Redskins' weight room. I don't know if he's tried that in Minnesota or if they just have, you know, stuffed him in his locker or not for doing it. But anyway, uh, the NFL award show tonight. So you te- you're telling me, I just heard your update. You said C.J. Stroud has already been awarded the, not, not as a surprise, but he already got the award before that, the show was what, on TV. That's what they're saying. So, like, do they do that? Like, is this like the Grammys where they, like, or like the, Oscars were like things that people don't care about, like the makeup artist and stuff. You know, it's probably sad for the family. <laughs> like, you know, this is their big moment in life. and They give them like three seconds to say thank you and name like who the winners are. And then they're playing the music and they're cutting their mics off the stage. And they're like, yeah, you know, best, uh, you know, rock vocalist. Uh, we gave that before the show Stock started photo. tonight. You know, sorry. <laughs> you know, I always like the Grammys when they, when they did that. I don't know if they still do this. I haven't watched the Grammys in so many years. I think it was the last Grammys I watched. They had the Foo Fighters, who I love, at Staples Center. They've got them playing outside. They weren't, like, good enough to be on the inside of the arena. They had them outside the tent. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, well, they ran out of seats. Freaking Foo check. Fighters. They how ran out of dis- seats. How disrespectful is ran that? Ran out of seats. So Awful. Anyway, Dave Grohl should never have been subjected to that. <laughs> All right, AP Most Valuable Player tonight. Here are your nominees. The nominees are Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. <sighs> What was that choking for, Scott? Uh, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore <laughs> Rams. <Rangers. coughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey. Dak Prescott. Oh, boy. Uh, now, I don't even want to start to hear what the noise is to be there. And Brock Purdy. So, it is my belief just on exit polling uh, from earlier in the season, this will be a Lamar Jackson award. Because, again, it is the regular season honors, we should point out. Yeah. I mean, would it – I mean, I guess could Purdy steal it? I don't think Dak has a chance. They had a really bad end to the season. I mean, McCaffrey, you could probably make a really – no, you can't probably. You can definitely make an excellent case for McCaffrey, but they won't do it. Josh Allen, sorry, Josh Allen cult people. Too many turnovers. You know, too bad of a start. All right, got his OC fired. (laughs) Yeah. These are things you just can't overcome to win the MVP. Uh, AP – and this is goofy, too. So we go from MVP to AP Offensive Player of the Year, which is almost like the same players, uh, you know, give or take a few. Tyree Kill, Lamar Jackson – CeeDee Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott. So let's say Lamar Jackson wins MVP, but he won't win Offensive, AP nope. Offensive Player of the Year, which is, doesn't make any sense at all, right? Like, they'll probably give that to McCaffrey. Uh, I don't you know. Who knows? It makes zero sense. Like, okay, you're the MVP, but you're not allowed to also be the AP Offensive Player of the Year.
2: I actually almost feel like they're going to give this one to, to Cheetah. I think wow. the Cheetah. I think the Cheetah could take this one.
0: At the end of the year, though, when he was dinged up, he didn't play that much. It hurt him. That also proved his value, in a sense. True. But Yeah, maybe he will. I mean, he's, again, he was the most valuable Dolphin. I know that much. Um, AP Defensive Player of the Year. You got Deron Bland of the Cowboys. uh, Max Crosby of the Raiders. Miles Garrett of the Browns. Micah Parsons, Cowboys. T.J. watt Now T.J., of course, unfortunately, didn't get to finish the season. Right, so he's out. He's probably going to be out because of that. I would think Miles Garrett's gonna. I mean, again, every year, like they do these like ratings of the best defensive lineman. Miles Garrett is always the either the number one or the number two guy that the people in the NFL just rave about. Micah put up some big numbers, but how do you split? You know, really, who do you decide who's more valuable, him or Bland? Right, like so they probably take each other's votes away. Max Crosby sadly played for the Raiders, who were you know even though he had a great year, were kind of in the witness protection program. So I would, I would suspect this is a Miles Garrett award, but hey, T.J. Watt, the name Watt does carry a lot of strength.
2: Well, Deron Bland wouldn't surprise me just because of the return touchdown sure, factor. That's if, true. If, if you factor that in, it almost kind of feels like that. that's something that they could do, even though Mike Parsons, like you said, had a great year. It does feel like Miles Garrett, though.
0: All right, AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, uh, Puka Nakua, Bijan John Robinson, and C.J. Stroud. So C.J. Stroud has already won this award. This is the one he's won, right? So we already know that he won it.
2: Or is that just Rookie of the Year, not Offensive Rookie of the Year? Because if you this have an Offensive, offensive Player of no, the Year. This is
0: the Offensive Rookie of the Year. So what? So the I award? think that's a different award. Oh, is that a completely different award? I okay. think it's just the
2: over. he's the overall Rookie of the Year. Okay. So this might be like Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the yes, Year, and is. separate
0: from MVP. I still think he's going to win that, unless they're going to give that to... I think that's Puka. Puka. I th- do. Just to have like two awards out there. Uh, defensive player of the rookie variety is interesting. Will Anderson, who was excellent for the Texans. Uh, Jalen Carter, even though the Eagles stunk, he had a good year. Joy Porter had a great year as a rookie for the Steelers. You and I know how bad that stings to say in yeah, an open yeah. microphone because I know a team that could have had him. Uh, mm-hmm. Kobe Turner, the D tackle for the Rams. Oh, uh, the boy Devin Witherspoon was really special for the Seahawks. I got to think he's probably going to win that, but yeah. we'll find out. Uh, AP Comeback Player of the Year, really. Do I even have to go through it? It's no, DeMar you don't. Hamlin's award. Uh, thank you, Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford, and Tua Aloa for playing. And the Coach of the Year is interesting. I think Dan Campbell's going to get it. And again, it is a regular season award. But I, I could really have a strong lean towards Kevin Stefanski, who had to play with four quarterbacks this year and still got his team in the playoffs. And granted, they were one and done, but got in with four different quarterbacks, John Harbaugh and the Ravens had an excellent regular season with a number one seed. Um, But they were supposed to be good. Right. You know, they had the MVP of the league on their team. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's rookie coach of the year for sure. Uh, And Kyle Shanahan, I mean, the 49ers were expected to be here. There's something to be said about being there. Of course, Andy Reid never gets in this category, which is amazing to me. No. Even though we all think he's probably the best coach of the year. All right, AP assistant coach of the year. This will be fun. Um, <laughs> ben Johnson from the Detroit Lions. Don't even, I've never heard of him. Uh, Mike McDonald, Ravens. Don't even know who he is. Todd Monk, oh, he's the guy who forgot how to play uh, in, in their uh, playoff game. Regular season award. Yep, Jim Schwartz, the Browns defense coordinator. Uh, excellent job. Bobby Slowick, uh, OC for the Texans. My suspicion is either McDonald or Johnson will win this award. Yeah. Uh, probably Johnson because he's an offensive guy. But, man, oh, man, um, you know, McDonald, yeah, the number one defense. Yeah, I, I feel like that's,
2: that's why I think it's a, you lean Mike McDonald a little bit here.
0: I mean, they were number one, number one defense. Of course, you got a six-year contract and nine mil a year to go out to uh, the Seattle Seahawks to replace the legendary Pete Carroll. Yep, there you go. Uh, again, Pro Football Hall of Fame, the modern finalists. Tonight, we'll find out who the rest of them are if you missed it earlier. Uh, the leakage of the reporting says Devin Hester, Julius Peppers, and also Steve McMichael is in. But Steve McMichael is um, not on the modern day players. He's on the senior committee, uh, senior committee finalists. So he got in there. He was in that commit in that group with Randy gratisher excuse me, linebacker, and Art Powell, uh, wide receiver. And um, the only the only. Um, Contributed coach finalists, I believe, were uh, Buddy – it looks like it's Buddy Parker. And then the Walter huh. Payton Man of the Year Award will be given out tonight as well. Uh, you know, there's – I th- usually they announce that early, I thought, but maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, so that's what the awards look like tonight. And, again, just remember, it is a regular season award. Uh, from the 757, I personally think McCaffrey should win it. I know it's for the regular season, but Lamar choked in the playoffs, and I think McCaffrey deserves it. yeah. Uh, I think the problem for McCaffrey is he's not a quarterback, which is bull. Like, it's complete bull. Because he, to me, is the most important player this weekend for them, for sure, and uh, has been the most important part of their offense.
2: Yes, but running backs aren't important anymore, Scott. You know that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also adds for the 757, I think Max Crosby deserves it, to be honest. He played his ass off. And, I mean, if you want to add another one to Max Crosby, he basically told little Al Davis what to do with his head coaching job. Yes, and he did. What, guess what little Al Davis did? He did it, uh-huh. right? Yeah, Mark Davis fell in line because Max Crosby said, hire Antonio Pierce, so you're going to have to trade me. He probably also threatened to shave his head, too. So Yeah, no doubt. And, Can't uh, lose that haircut. And to bleach all, and to dye all of his white sweats black. Because <laughs> remember, when he was a kid, he decided, well, my dad's going to wear all black. I'm going to be the rebel. But right. I'm going to wear all white. That's right. Just to change it up. All right. Um, NBA trade deadline uh, is today. We'll get to some of that stuff coming up in the six o'clock hour uh, as we continue here from Ballyhoo's, uh, part of the Super Tailgate Tour. Scott Jackson show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. This is the Scott Jackson show on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. All right, welcome back as we uh, come to you, part of the Super Tailgate Tour, live from Ballyhoo's tonight. Of course, Ballyhoo's the place to go for the big game bash. Don't miss their sixth annual Super Sunday big game party. Ballyhoo's is all your football favorites on the tailgate menu, plus $12 buckets, your favorite beers, and $5 crushes to celebrate the big game. Get there early and pick a square off the big board uh, to win great prizes and do not miss the halftime wing-eating competition for cash and prizes. Always a fan favorite. Festivities start at 4 on Super Sunday. See you here at Ballyhoo's. All right, uh, appreciate all the good folks at Ballyhoo's. Um, by the way, food fantastic out here. I've already crushed some uh, crab mac and cheese and um, she-crab soup. Highly recommend that as well. I'm I'll, I'll trying to get through some more before the end of the show, just, to, just so I can feel a clear conscience in recommending things. All right, so this is not good news for the Ravens. I mean, has anybody had a worse last couple of weeks than poor Zay Flowers, right? He was the... Uh, Looked like the, one of the best rookies this year and now, um, you know, had the meltdown on the field, the fumble, the, the bench incident where he cracks his hand open during the game. And now he has been um, put under investigation by the Baltimore County Police in an alleged domestic assault, according to the Baltimore Banner. Um, the Baltimore County Police told the online site that it was they were made aware of an alleged assault in an Owings Mill area on uh, January 21st. And the matter is pending. The investigation of Flowers includes a police department in uh, Acton, Massachusetts, which confirmed the domestic violence incident report related to an incident in Baltimore last month. The Acton Police Department would not release the report to the banner citing state laws and confidentiality between victims and police cases of domestic violence. Police had not charged Flowers, though, with a crime, and the team did not respond to any questions. Uh, from the banner about the investigation. Again, the uh, first-round pick out of Boston College, to team records this year with receptions for a rookie in yards and uh, scored six touchdowns in 16 games as well. But, uh, yeah, not a good thing to be um, talking about in the offseason if you're the Ravens.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is just an investigation at this point, but this is not the organization that's yes. – uh, done very well with these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, too, right? y- you definitely don't want that out there. And, again, innocent to proven guilty, of course, because, you know, no details sure. or anything like that. But at the same time, not something you want your name attached to either.
0: Yeah, been a bad couple of weeks uh, on and off the field now as well for, uh, for Zay Flowers. But, yeah, definitely not something you want uh, going into your offseason. And, again, we'll see where this goes from here. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, it's interesting that it's a police department in Massachusetts where, of course, he played his college ball and then also uh, something going on in Baltimore uh, that's being part of this. So I imagine this will eventually get flushed out and we'll get more details and find out, you know, again, what the NFL does about it. Um, last time, shall we say, they dropped the ball when there was um, a lot of evidence about Ray Rice. That they did. They That was about one of the biggest goof-offs of Roger Goodell's History of goof ups. He's got a Hall of Fame list of goof ups. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Especially when it comes to investigation level stuff. All right, so the 49ers got an early start to the day this morning, whether they wanted to or not. The fire alarm went off at 6 (laughs) a.m. at the Hilton Lakes, Las Vegas Resorts and Spa, where the Niners are staying. A loss uh, prevention officer for the hotel told the San Francisco Chronicle that guests did not have to leave their rooms, though, because the building engineers quickly uh deduced that it was a false alarm still the alarm was an early morning annoyance uh 49ers long snapper tabor pepper wrote on social media that the alarm was going on for like 18 minutes before it was finally silenced those hotel alarms are really loud
2: yeah they're serious they want
0: you to know get the heck out and then it's always like one of those weird things you're like do i go do i not do i take this yeah. seriously yeah. or not i mean you know because you know no matter how early or late in the night it is, it, you know, it could still be serious. You don't know if it's a false alarm. That's right. And luckily here at the, um, the Hilton uh, Lake Las Vegas Resorts and Spa, they knew immediately, and, but not so immediately because, again, according to Tabor Pepper, it was, what a great name, by the way, Tabor Pepper. Why have not know, Why have we not, well, he's a long snapper. Clearly he's been doing his ha! job because if he hadn't been doing his job, we would certainly remember yes, that name. Yes, we would. I mean, what a name.
2: Well, I mean, doesn't this feel like a State Farm commercial with Andy Reid pulling one of his little classic pranks or something? Yeah, right. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Oh, there's no
0: question. It was a Chiefs fan. This I is mean, this is clearly yeah. a State Farm commercial. This is a Chiefs fan doing this. Um, the hotel says it believes it identified the cause of the false alarm and should not be an issue again. Police are not involved, so there you go. Well, remember right. one thing, guys. Just want to interject when it comes yeah. to Vegas and, and fire. In those hotels, yeah. remember 1980, they had a disaster at the MGM Grand there, where like I think 80 people got killed in a fire there, where and so anytime there's like a yeah. there's like a, a you know fire alarm incident, and the the Vegas people take that a he- heck of a lot more seriously now than they did back then. So absolutely makes sense, yeah. When again in a hotel, I mean, you know, we had that many floors. I don't know how big the, how this place is set up, but I mean, yeah. most of those Vegas hotels are you know. And I know these guys are all off the – like, these team hotels are off the Strip. They're not part of that. But the ones in the Strip, I mean, yeah, that could be seriously dangerous, needless to say, if it were a real – for reals fire. All right, um, 757-687-9494 if you want to hit us up via the uh, text line, 757-687-9494. That is also the Ballyhoo's phone line. All right, coming up uh, in the final hour, I want to get to some of the activity today in in the NBA trade front, kind of get into – that a little bit on the other side and who the winners and losers might have been. Uh, plus, we have uh, some commander's news today on the coaching staff that we will get to in the final hour as well. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED. Call 757-INJURED. James Witham, Scott, your Sports Center.